Welcome to the World Impact Ministries Sermon of the Week with today's message by Pastor David Rayfeld. The best is yet to come. Jesus is alive. I'm proclaiming that as my Easter confession. Well, allow me to jump right into this word. If you have a Bible with you, whether paper or electronic, turn with me to John 15. We're going to get into that in just a moment. The scene in John 15 has Jesus speaking to his disciples after he takes the Last Supper with them. Jesus is preparing them for the end of his ministry and begins to lay down a series of powerful, transformative messages, reinforcing his love and compassion for them. He is, in essence, giving them his farewell message. They are as much a prayer for us as they are words of wisdom and instruction that he was giving his disciples. See, Jesus knew that his disciples were going to be isolated, abandoned, and on the run, and out there tending to themselves, really, in just a few days. They would need to know that staying together and encouraging one another was critical for the formation of the church that Jesus had been praying for. Jesus had only hours left before his words would be all that they would have in their own journey. He knew his words would matter and that they would carry purpose. See, he wanted those words to be what they remembered and what they meditated on after he left them. So my question to you is, what words are we meditating on? Are we meditating on the world news or the good news of Jesus Christ? Are we driven by the news of the stock market or we move by compassion to the harvest field that is ripe for souls? This was, in essence, the message Jesus was making. Don't be swayed by the news of the day, but rather stay connected to me and to one another. Let my words resonate in you in the days to come. There are a few points that I want to make and pull out in this time as we get into this message. God's plan is for us to stay connected. He wants us to stay connected to one another and to deeply into his word. He wants us to grow deep in compassion and hope for those around us, praying for those in need, finding the needs, and praying for those people. And lastly, he wants us to shine bright. We are carriers of the message of hope, and we shine the light of Jesus. So let's turn to John 15. We're going to be starting in verse 4. And let me read this. It says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you, just as no branch can bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6 says, If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And see, about four or five weeks ago, the Lord had spoken a, just a, a very simple but yet powerful word. It was a profound word that he, just, he spoke into my spirit one day. And he simply said this. He said, David, be still and know that I am God. And at the time, I, I just said, okay, kind of was my response. And I, I more or less went on and did what I was doing at that, at that time. And see, I know this is a scripture in, in Psalm 46, it's verse 10. 
But it didn't dawn on me directly in that moment the magnitude of those words that he was speaking to me. See, I knew them as a scripture, but what God was speaking to me, I soon realized was very specific for this time. Much like the words that Jesus gave his disciples in the scripture in John 15, we sometimes hear what he is saying, but we are not taking to heart the gravity of what he is teaching us. Hebrews 4.12 says this, that the word of God is alive and active and full of power. And it's that word that he spoke resonated to me for a few days. But it also carried a demand on me for me to respond. This is the beauty of his word. I have read that particular scripture a hundred times, and yet the meaning and power was different this particular time. And as I studied out this scripture and began to apply the original language and meaning behind those eight words, it began to read something like this. David, get quiet, be still, withdraw to a quiet place, recognize and acknowledge this time that you are in, for I am Elohim, which is the God Almighty. You see, this was not a word to just get me through the day. He was requiring movement in my life toward that command. He was letting me know what I needed to do in the days and the months to come. He was moving me from where I was to where he wanted me to be. And see, I believe that is what's happening in the church now. He is calling us into a place where we are to get quiet, to know that he is God, that he can speak truth and life to us and preparing us for the time to come. See, he wanted me to stay connected to his word. And ultimately, he wanted me to stay connected to his people. And it was this instruction in John 15, 4, without me, you can bear no fruit. See, Jesus was placing a demand on their faith in that moment to hold on to every word that they were hearing. And that a time of absolute reliance on his word was needed. Without me, he says, you can bear no fruit. And that another fruit would be needed in that time. And that was the fruit of the Spirit, which is joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those were items and fruits that they were going to need. He was giving them what they needed to become the church before they were the church. Stay connected to me and to this body. See, Jesus was saying in this time, I'm leaving you, but don't forget me. And don't forget your brothers. He said, I am the vine. I am that which you need to be attached to. I am what will sustain you when everyone else leaves you. I am the life that you will draw from. See, it's an interesting choice of words, this word vine. But he knew the relationship between what the father had and what he was doing and imparting to his disciples. This word vine is interesting because it's an unsightly plant. It shows little interest for most of the year, and a vine's only purpose is to draw the life from the fertilness of the ground and saturate the branches and the fruit with nutrients. See, our life develops from the nutrients that are found in the Word of God, and our source is, this vine is the source of where Jesus is. But he says that we are a branch, and know that as a branch that we have purpose. For it is the branches that bud and flower and produce the fruit. It is the most beautiful part of the plant. Those branches are also what creates the expanse of growth. The vine brings the life from the ground, and the branches are what causes the growth. 
without the vine connecting us to the source, we will produce nothing. The branches share the gospel to the world, and that is who you are. And my second point is that we are a church who needs to grow deep. We are to be connected to him through an intimate relationship built on faith. He wants the disciplines of our lives, what we speak, what we hear, and what we see to come into an alignment with his words. I can't stress enough the need for every believer to be connected to the Lord through his word and through the sharpening of gathering together. Psalm 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So we have the word that guides us, that lights our path, and we have a place where other people are sharpening us, that we need the connection of being in the word and having fellowship. Through Bible study, corporate gatherings, sharing your testimony, personal journey, all these foster a growing deep lifestyle. The word of God is there to illuminate the way for us so that we don't stumble. He speaks to us through his word. When Jesus spoke to his disciples in John 15, he told them, stay in me, abide in me, keep close to me so that even when I whisper, you will hear it. Staying close made sure that they caught the little things, all of which those disciples needed just as we need his word. Pay attention to what is going on around you. Know those who are in need. Encourage your brother or sister when they need help. That is what abiding in him does. See, Jesus is calling us even now to an intimate relationship that even when trouble or hardships come, his word will be so deep in us that we will be able to stand strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You see, it is in the word that we receive and embrace him. And wherever the word of Christ dwells richly, there Christ dwells. If the word is to be our constant guide, and if it is to be in us at home, then we abide in Christ and he is in us. Staying close to the word will also grow us deep in compassion for the world around us. When we understand his heart, we will know that he wants none to perish, but all to have eternal life. Easter is the celebration of the redemption of all mankind. Romans 8, 5 says this, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The cross settled the bondage and sin issue once and for all. Jesus triumphed over death, hell, and the grave, and that has placed us into God's family as his adopted children. See, an adoption is a personal choice and is done out of desire, not out of pressure. An adopted child has all the birthrights and privileges of a natural son, but we are not a second thought. God had us on his mind from the beginning, so we can shout out, Abba, Father, to the one who loved us first. And Paul shares this again in Romans 5.8. He says this, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, Christ died for you and me. He saw us in our mess and he saw us in our state of of addicted and broken and hurt and hungry. And he says, I will make provision. And that is why he sent Jesus to the cross, that we might have eternal life. And that is the message of Easter. 
And so I'm going to bring Bev in and she's going to share some uh, words of encouragement and a parting word for this message. Um, I want to go to John chapter 20. And uh, three days after Jesus said, it is finished, um, the disciples had thought that it was over. They thought that all of their hope had been gone. And um, early on that morning, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb to just probably weep and to, uh, um, to mourn um, in the place that he had been buried. And when she got there, she found a surprising sight. The, the stone had been rolled away and the grave was empty. And I want to pick up in verse 11. It says, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked, asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not recognize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And in the voice version of the, the Word of God, it says this, Mary, you cannot hold me. I must rise above this world to be with my Father, who is also your Father, to be with my God, who is also your God. Now go and tell all of this to your brothers. And when I read this passage of Scripture, what really hit me is that Jesus, when he addressed her, um, the moment he spoke her name, Mary, she didn't realize and recognize who he was when she first saw him. But when he spoke her name, the voice was so familiar and she immediately turned to him. But he didn't stop there. He reminds her that the work that he just completed, it tore the veil in two that had always prior to that moment separated the world from their heavenly father. And Jesus came, laid down his life, that that curtain would be ripped in two, that we could see our heavenly father face to face. And, and he says right here, I must rise above this world to be with my father who is also your father, my God who is also your God. That adoption that David was just talking about has been made complete in the work of the cross. When, when, when Jesus said, it is finished, it is a work that was finished, not only in that moment, but it is, a, is a, it is a work that is completely finished right now in this time. And when I read through this with, with Mary, it says, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? And I wonder how many of us in this day and in this time that we're looking for that same thing. We know that there's something desperately missing from our life. We battle fear. We battle loneliness. We wonder how everything is going to turn out at the end of the day or at the end of our life. And we're in, there's a cry inside of us going, there's got to be more. And I look at Mary. She went to that grave site because she knew that there was more. And his question, who are you looking for? 
it's when he said Mary, she recognized that he was the very one she went there in search of and that he was certainly alive. And that's the message that we carry today, that that cry of your heart that says there's got to be more, that, that Jesus is saying, who is it you're looking for? Because I've done it. It's finished. The work of the cross is done and I've brought it to completion. And today, this very day, you can come into relationship with your heavenly father in a way that you've never experienced anything in your life before. That's the message of the cross. For more information about this or other media resources, please visit our website at world-impactministries.com. Thanks for listening to this Sermon of the Week. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by this message.